Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deeper. I'm here with Pastor Scott and Pastor Don. Welcome, everyone. And welcome to those of you listening to our podcast That's as right. well. Absolutely. What's the name of our podcast, Tommy? Uh, Good News from Good Sam. I like that title. Yes. Catchy. <laughs> So, good to have everybody tuning in. Yeah. So, we're so glad to have you guys here. Um, we're just chatting, and I know that when I listen to that on the radio, I don't particularly like it a whole lot when the people <laughs> just chat on the radio. So, we want to get to the purpose. Of, it depends what they're chatting about. Uh, what if you're listening to talk radio? It, uh, most of the time, I'm like, why? Well, I don't want to know about your life. I, I'm tuning in because I want information. All right, let's but have that's a just me. I'm sorry. Do you like just this little, or not? Once again, <laughs> yeah, maybe they like it. <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I mean, maybe they're just waiting for us to get to, <laughs> to the scriptures. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Yeah. In fact, maybe we should even pray. I think that would be great. Would All you right. pray us up? Let's pray. All right. Please join me in prayer. Uh, Lord God, we're grateful for who you are and all of the blessings that you give to us, especially your grace, your love, your forgiveness, your mercy, your hope, uh, your future that we have in you, all of your promises. And so bless this time that we have together now as we go a little deeper into your word and the message from last Sunday. Amen. Amen. So we, I was inspired this past week um, with this topic from listening to Pastor Scott Last, I was inspired you listen, by Pastor you Scott. Listen, I said, "You listened to me." I did. I did. I said, "You know what he's saying isn't going to isn't really making much sense." I really probably should try to explain this a little bit better. Yeah, thank so, you for tuning was, in today. I'm leaving. Uh, no, I was inspired because he talked last week about this idea of a new purpose, and and, and I think people having purpose in their lives uh, is very important for a lot of a variety of reasons. Sometimes when you're younger, you want to know what your purpose is. Or uh, like we've been talking with some of our people here in our congregation, they've had loved ones pass and their purpose was kind of wrapped up in taking care of their family. And now that loved one is no longer there for them to take care of. So it's like they have to find new purpose, not necessarily maybe for their whole lives, but for a part of their lives that was very heavily consumed with the purpose of taking care or being a part of that person's life. And I read an article since I gave that sermon, Mm -hmm. uh, because it caught my attention, talking about so many retirees have a difficult time because their purpose was Mm -hmm. tied up in their work, and now they're not working, and they're going, what's my purpose? Right. And so this was kind of a, to to go into that portion, because you had several good points about purpose, how you find your purpose in Scripture, through Christ, through the good, um, through Christian friends. And um, prayer. But then you, ha- you said, well, what is, how do you best define that purpose? And it's your skills and abilities. And I kind of wanted to go with that a little bit because we all have been given certain gifts and we, sh- we should be using those. But what do we use them for? And the kind of the overarching theme of this particular message is you should use them to make a difference and to serve God. Um, but... Well, there it is. There's a sermon. Amen. Yep. Let's let's pray. <laughs> We're done. 
But I want to go into a little bit more detail about that because I'm not just making that up because I want a whole bunch more people serving in the church. I wouldn't mind more people serving and finding ways to give themselves away in the church, but that isn't the reason I gave the sermon. I gave the sermon because that's what Scripture is very clear about. And there's really two main scriptures that we're looking at. One, the main one, which was read during the service, was Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And I'll come to that one in a second. And then the other one, of course, is Ephesians 2.10. Both those scriptures really form the foundation for this sermon. And so let me read you the one from Matthew, because in this little background, what's going on, Jesus is having a talking to uh, a little come to Jesus moment. This was the first come literally, to Jesus, a literally, literally a come to Jesus moment. Uh, he had two of his disciples have come to him and said, Hey, Jesus, uh, when you come into your kingdom, now remember, they thought this was going to be an earthly kingdom. And they said, Hey, when you come into your kingdom, can I sit on your right hand and my brother sit on your left hand? In other words, can we be your two, your two top dogs, <laughs> your two main lieutenants, right? And, well, the other disciples find out that they're talking to Jesus about this. Remember, they still think he's going to have an earthly kingdom. He's going to overthrow the Romans, establish a new Jewish state, and he's going to be kind of the, the main guy, the new King David, if you will. They don't understand what's going on. But anyway, the other disciples get wind of this, and they're upset. How do you... Gee, I'm supposed to be in Jesus' right hand. No, I, you know, Peter's like, I'm the main guy. And then John, the beloved disciple, is like, no, I'm the main guy. And you can just see, after three years of walking and talking with Jesus, his teaching about putting other people first, about helping the least of these, all the ways that he's taught them to go out and serve, they're still arguing about who's going to be the main guy, who's going to be the greatest. And Jesus, you could just see him take a heavy sigh. Right? <laughs> All right, gather up, guys. Gather up. We you know, have I, talk. I, I find a little hope in that, though. Yes. Because, I mean, here they are with him, mm-hmm. been listening every day for a long time, and they still don't get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's human nature, and um, it's good to know that we don't have to get it right away either. And he says, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over your people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't changed much in 2,000 years, has it? Uh, I just think that it's this human nature is to lord it over other people and to use your authority. All right. He goes, it is not, or, but it must not be so among you. In other words, I'm calling you to a different standard. That's the world's standard. Your standard is to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants to be a leader among you needs to be your servant. So if you want to sit at my right and you want to sit at my left, you better get pretty good at serving other people, right? And whoever wants to be first among you must learn to care for others. Hmm. Right? Do you see? I think that's just very clear. Society says you, you get to the top by kind of stepping on other people, by bossing around other people, by being in control or in charge of other people. And Jesus says you get to the top in my kingdom mm-hmm. by serving other people, by caring for other people. And then he goes on to say this, and this is kind of a precursor. Once again, they remember, they don't understand what's going to happen. So this is a little bit of a precursor to what's going to be going on really soon. This is right at the end of his ministry. It's Matthew 20. Um, most of the chapters that are left deal with Jesus getting ready to be crucified, uh, died, and, and r- rise again. So this is, this is towards the end. He says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. Mm-hmm. Right? And to give his life 
as a ransom for many. That probably left them scratching their heads a little bit, but he's a reminder. Said, I'm not telling you to do this because I just want you to do this. I'm telling you this because this is how I do things. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to follow me, you've got to follow my example. All right. So that's the scripture that kind of says this idea that if you really want to kind of gets us to this first point that if uh, God designed you, called you, encourages you to make a difference with your life. Right? Yes. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I, when, you were, when I was listening to the sermon on Sunday, I was thinking, you might not even realize what your purpose is until you kind of start making a difference mm. in, in different areas or like serving or mm. helping others. And it can help kind of guide your purpose. If You might not even realize it going into it. You know, um, I think we've seen that with some of the ministries here in particular, where people kind of get involved in it just to help. And then it ends up becoming mm-hmm. like a really big definitive um, part of who they are as and their purpose here, yep. especially in the church. Yeah. I remember, well, let's take you for example. You started out as our Sunday school director. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? This is okay, but I think I'd be better doing this Mm -hmm. and now you've moved in uh, and tommy is makes it possible for us to do things like this she's the one that keeps most of our online ministry going about 40 percent of our congregation connects with us online what we're doing here uh you're about one of the you're one of the 40 percenters you're one of the one percenters no you're one of the 40 percenters (laughs) where you connect with the congregation online tommy is responsible not only there's so much work that goes into it behind the scenes she's not the only one responsible but she does so much to make that happen so that's a really important role, and she's very, very good at it. And by the way, it's not going away. When the pandemic's over, it's not no. going away. Because a lot of people say, you're not going to take this away, and the answer is no. If anything, will increase. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you'll always be able to connect with us this way. Um, I, I like that, Tommy, because sometimes you just have to start doing. And then and sometimes it's, people will say, well, I'm not very good at that. How do you know you're not very good at that? Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried it? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, good point. Then Ephesians 2.10, um, this is, a, Paul writes this very succinctly. So basically he takes that entire lesson that Jesus just told his disciples. He sums it down into one verse. He says, it is God himself who has made us what we are, and he's given us new lives. We'll come back to this idea of new life here in a, in a few minutes. New lives from Christ Jesus. And long ago, he planned that we should spend those lives in helping mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get much more clear than that. Wait, he Wait a minute. He made us <laughs> a certain way. So he didn't design us just to climb the corporate ladder. You can climb the corporate ladder, but that's not what you're designed to do. He, hmm. th- this doesn't fit with the narrative out there. It doesn't, does it? I mean, God designed you to make a difference with your life. Um, and then kind of with a second point, I stole this, this phrase from Rick Warren in his one of one of his books, he says, you were put on this earth to be a contributor, not just a consumer. I like mm-hmm. that. Isn't that good? good. Mm-hmm. Because we live in a consumeristic society. I, it's, it's capitalism. It's the yeah. West. And it's not bad. No. I mean, it's okay to consume things. It's okay. I mean, that's how people have jobs. <laughs> exactly. Creative. Yeah. I mean, that's the capitalistic society. And I don't say that as a bad thing. But if your whole life is all about consumerism, it's going to be a pretty shallow life. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where people lack purpose a lot of times, too. It's like, because when it's just self-focused. Yeah. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with climbing the corporate ladder, too, because there are a lot of people that work in corporate America mm-hmm. who help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
But if it's just about a title or just about status or just about dollars, that's when it's always just focused on me. And that's where it's empty. Well, I mean, you see so many movies about that. I mean, they're not Christian-based movies, but there's so many movies where the plot is like the mean boss who, like, gets this awakening mid-movie and is like, ends up being nice to people, then it's like this actually Scro- better like, or, outcome. Or Scrooge. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's like the theme of Scrooge, right? I mean, he spent his whole life being rich and successful, and he's like, wow, that's not much of a life yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. And to learn that and to know that uh, is early on in life is so important. Uh, that's why if you have children or grandchildren, make sure you... You, te- you get them to go and serve in places. You get them, take them down to the soup kitchen. You, you take them down to f- shelters. Uh, you take them on mission trips. Uh, you're always welcome to send them on our Mexico mission trip where we go to Mexico and build homes. I mean, that's just a week-long trip, and it's, it, but it's a, it's a good, starter, good starter kind of trip. You have to get your kids, train them early to make it not all about them. You know, I, I, I thought of something, and it's, it's a little off, but not totally. One of the jobs I had prior to becoming a pastor was raising money for the college I attended. So I was talking to people about <clears throat> taking some of their resources and giving it to the college. Yes. One conversation I remember in particular was with a couple in western North Dakota, and they discovered oil on their land. Mm. And they had spent uh, 70, 80 years of their life basically living pretty poorly because it was you know, ranch land, and times were tough. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they had oil and, and a fair amount of money, lots of money. And so, of course, I was there to say, why don't you give some of it to the college? <laughs> but, and, and they did, but the point was, I said, you know, you could help your hospital, you could help your church, you could help, what else are you interested in? And by the end of the conversation, they said, now we know why we got it. And it wasn't about them having the mm-hmm. money, but it was what they could do with it. Yeah, 100%. And so it was beyond them mm-hmm. into how they could be a blessing to others. Now they have understood the purpose. Right. You know, we did. We talked a lot about, in this particular message, about the ways you contribute by doing things, right? By, by volunteering or by helping people out. But that's another great way to be a contributor is to take some of your resources and to give them to organizations that are helping Things that are meaningful to you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, because it's still making a difference, right? Yep. 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 I mean, my wife and I are big one. We're big one for clean water. Um, that's and I kind of brought it in the church. And so every year, this church raises close to enough money to drill a freshwater well over in Uganda. Right now, it's Uganda, but I think they're going to branch out to some other countries soon. Um, and that makes a difference in a lot of people's lives. Like it saves their lives. Literally yeah. saves their lives. Saves especially children. Children mm-hmm. are so susceptible to the waterborne illnesses. Um, some of the areas that they're drilling those wells, they've got 40-50% children mortality rate. Imagine that. you got a 1 in 50-50 chance your child survives mm-hmm. to like 2 or 3 years old. Can you imagine? Just because of the water. Uh, mainly. Yeah, yeah mostly. Uh, I was going to say too, I think um, Jamie in Sunday School provides a lot of opportunity for service for the kids too, even though I think some of those younger ages, it's hard to be like, well, I can't really take them down to, you know, um, the Las Vegas rescue mission because right. they're not old enough or whatever. But, Good point. you know, they, you guys, speaking of the clean water, they did the coin collection and the kids yep. got to see these videos and they got to have this realization of, wow, like there's these kids that are experiencing this and we can make a difference by bringing in our change and, and things like that. So there are opportunities there for young kids, even if it's not bringing them down to like the, you know, the food kitchen. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Yeah. And sometimes, if you don't know what to do, let your church help. Let Good Samaritan help. That's one of the things that we are very, uh, really good at. I'll talk a little bit more about that. It's one of our gifts. It is one of our <laughs> gifts. Um, and this is where it brings in new life. And this is kind of one of the third points I had in the in the message. And I wanted to unpack this idea of new life, right? And you, we read that in Ephesians 2.10. Let me read it to you again. It is God himself who made us what we are, and he has given us new lives from Christ Jesus. Um, and long ago, he planned that we should spend these, and it just says lives, but spend these new lives helping each other. It, you can live your whole life selfishly and never do a blanking thing for somebody else, and you will live, and you will die, probably as long as the, most of the other people around you that are being generous. But what kind of life will it be? Mm-hmm. A life that is lived in self-centeredness uh, only for yourself uh, is a very grasping, empty, sad life. I mean, look at some of the people that you hear about in the news that are very narcissistic and selfish and self-centered. And look at how miserable their lives are, how much they complain about things, how much they whine about things. You just watch the news and let them talk about some of these people and think to yourself, Man, would I want to have a life like that with somebody? I mean, or would I have want to have that person's life? They may have power, they may have authority, but they are unhappy people, right? So this idea of being a new life in Christ is centered in this idea of learning to serve one another. That 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 lecture that Jesus gave his disciples, like if you want to be big in my kingdom, you're going to learn to care and serve others and to care about others. Very important. 1 John, let me reinforce this with a text here from 1 John. If we love our brothers and sisters who are, who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death mm. to life. So mm. if we love our brothers and sisters, it's, it's kind of that um, actionable proof that we're moving from kind of living dead, empty, shallow lives to full lives, new lives, lives founded in Christ. Was that when you kind of talked about conditional, like, love and conditional actions? I don't remember which point you kind of referenced it, but you were, you did kind of briefly mm-hmm. touch on how sometimes our, you know, we make our love conditional. And I think sometimes um, giving and making a difference can it can be conditional. If, if our heart's not it, in the right times, place, right, you know, right, um, right. like, I'm going to do this because it's going to make me look better for this or whatever else, you know. Um I think it's interesting because it says that, you know, if we love them, it proves that that we have passed from death to life. I think it's just trying to say, you know, we need to love these people and do these things regardless of of how that's going to make us look or, or, you know, whatever the opposite is. But I actually know people that won't do something because they're not sure if their motives are pure. And I'm like, it doesn't, if if you're not sure about your motives, do good anyway. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because maybe they aren't pure, but then you start doing it Uh and it changes you. And you realize the joy you get from it. Well, you kind of maybe see that in like high school or college when you are kind of just getting involved in things because it'll look good on your application or it'll look good on a resume. But then you kind of get into it and you're like, oh, I actually enjoy doing this and this actually feels really good. And it does give me a new purpose 
in this um, situation and then you continue doing it. You see that with high school kids that are in Key Club. You know, they join Key Club so it looks good on their resume. And then, because Key Club is basically a club about helping others. Uh, That's the main purpose of at least the Key Club in in, uh, Faith Lutheran where my kids went to high school. And uh, it it looks good on a resume. But the kids usually get something out of it because we have a lot of Key Club kids come and serve here sometimes mm-hmm. and they and they find themselves really enjoying it this is oh, oh go ahead i was gonna say pastor jim commented that the um <laughs> if in first john is better translated as when so when we love our brothers and sisters not ah, if mm-hmm. thank you jim so it's not a suggestion <laughs> it's like just do it just when, do it when and I like that. I like that. A little more imperative. I like that translation a little bit more. That's why we like Pastor Jim. He kind of straightens us up. He's a smart, <laughs> smart fellow, that Pastor Jim is. He is. Um, Not what Krista says. But... <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, this is one of the most underrated ways of growing in your faith, is this idea of service. I mean, mm-hmm. people that do it, I think, understand how important it is for faith development but maybe it's people on the outside looking in or people that are new in their faith maybe don't understand it as well. Because uh, it's not like one of the big three. What are the big three? Going to worship, prayer, and giving, right? Giving resources, time, money. Not time, but money. Um, and those often are kind of the big three. Uh, and they are important. And you absolutely should. Those are three very important ways of developing and growing your faith. But I think this might be the most underrated one because mm-hmm. it... it, it kind of has the most bang for the buck, the most impact on your faith development, um, maybe of any of the three. I, and I, I just, I hate going back to the Mexico trip, but it's one of my best points of reference. We'll, tend, we'll send kids through three years of confirmation, right? And they're learning and they're praying, they're doing all these things. And then we take them to Mexico for one week, for one week. And when they talk about significant moments in their faith development, like half of them will put down that week in Mexico. Mm. Versus all the other stuff that they experienced. Um, and so it's just this uh, very impactful way of growing in your faith. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, pastors, how did you realize that you want to become a pastor? And how old were you at that time? Who's that from? From um, Luisa. Luisa. Luisin. You know who it is? It's Mrs. I'm trying to think on her last name. Hovac. Oh, okay. You know, that's a oh, that's a really good question. Um, I'll answer it first. I'm going to give you the Reader's Reader's Digest version. I was at a, I was in my 20s, and I was doing all the things the world told me were going to bring me joy and happiness. I was spending a lot of time. I was in school. I was in college. I was spending a lot of time having fun, doing some partying. I was spending a lot of time chasing girls. Uh, I was spending a lot of time doing all those things that were supposed to bring me a great deal of joy and they'd bring me a great deal of joy for a short period of time. I got in trouble, had to get out of town and went and hid out at a church camp that my grandfather <laughs> got me a job at. And It's uh, a good place to hide. It's good. They're not going to look for you there, that's for sure. And uh, it was during that summer that I began to see people viewing life differently. Um, I began to spend more time with scripture, with God, with prayer and realized that maybe there was something more. And so that opened up a different avenue for me to look at life. And I began to explore that way of living my life and found that that was the more meaningful, powerful, uh, beautiful way. Not that, not that having fun with your friends is bad. Not that being with um, somebody you care about is bad. But if those things are your main priorities, 
they're not they don't bring you the kind of depth of joy and peace that uh, spending time with God does. So when you got the job at church camp, initially your intentions weren't pure, but then they shifted. <laughs> they were not pure. <laughs> In fact, I remember the guy that hired me. Uh, I ran into him many years later after I was a pastor. He was. I just ran into him randomly to camp. He was still a camp director, and I was taking my kids to this camp, and he was there, and we had a nice catching up. I was. I was giving him. I was very good at BS, and I was giving him a good line of BS, and he stops the interview. Because it was a, he was doing it as a favor to my grandfather. He had a relationship <laughs> with my grandfather, and he said, um, "We're going to stop this interview." And we were at a Burger King. And he goes, "I'm going to go refill my Dr Pepper." <laughs> and when we when I come back, you're going to start being straight with me, or this interview is over. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And then afterwards, he looked at me, he heavy sigh, big bearded guy. All camp directors have big beards, right? He's always he's got a brushing beard. He's looking at me with this real intense look, making me really uncomfortable. And uh, he goes, "Tell you what." I'm going to hire you. Not not because of what I think you can do for this camp, because of what I think this camp can do for you. <laughs> All right, so my very quick Reader's Digest version, I was going to be a politician. And thank God God saved me from that. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, your intentions weren't pure. <laughs> well, you know, you know Politicians. What? Well, you know what? In its purest form, it's a, it, it can be a good thing because you... if. You know, the, people will say, I want to serve people. Mm-hmm. And if that was the real intent, that mm-hmm. would be good. That's mm-hmm. true. But I had to be honest and say that was not my intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, my intent was, I want to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, you know, anyway, it's a long story. And that didn't become the case. And God opened up some doors. And I've shared some stories recently about how I became a pastor but it, it became clear to me that I was not doing what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And um, the rest is history. Yeah. Thanks. Good question. Thanks for letting us go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, I wanted to go back to your reference of Mexico, too. Do you feel like some of these like, service opportunities are kind of a springboard for those other big three that you're talking about? I mean, maybe you're not doing regular mm-hmm. worship and regular prayer and giving regularly, but you get an opportunity to serve that is really impactful, and it kind of springs towards yeah. you into those. Absolutely. Uh, huge. Because uh, like, we go to Mexico, we do pray. We have campfires. We worship and you'll see that some of these kids come back that were maybe mar- very marginally involved in church group, and now they're kind of on fire for the Lord, and, they'll, and they start to do more. And that was kind of, I went away to church camp, and it was, church camp is basically like a Mexico mission trip for three months. We stayed in bunks and, and spent our entire days running around outside corralling kids and, and uh, making ourselves uncomfortable in order to teach them about Jesus. And uh, it, was, it was a springboard for me to mm-hmm. explore and go deeper in those other areas of faith as well, for sure. You know, it's interesting because we think that that's, this kind of goes back to Scott's idea of purpose. Um, People have a lot of purposes in their lives, to be a good parent, to be a good spouse, uh, to be a good person, friend, whatever. But the Bible tells us that Jesus saved us, not just to get us to heaven and, and not just so that we could see what God is like, although that's, those are reasons that Jesus came and very important reasons. But it tells us in First Timothy, very clearly, it is Jesus who saved us and at the same time chose us for his holy work. Not because we deserved it, because that was his plan for us long before the world began. And then it says, and it, God has chosen us 
right, called us right, to be his missionaries, to tell people that don't know about God about him and to teach them about his love and forgiveness. Right? Jesus saved us so that we could do his holy work. And what a great reminder that, because think about it, when you're saved, if this isn't part of part of what the purpose is, if you're saved, then shouldn't you just go straight to heaven? Shouldn't that kind of be the end of it? <laughs> Boom, you're saved. All right, mission accomplished. Go to heaven. You're done here in this world. But obviously, Jesus says there's still work to be done in this world, and you are the people to do it. You are my hands and my feet. You are the one. You are my missionaries. Um, and so it is a big part of the purpose and the reason why Jesus saved us is so that we will go out and do his holy work. Well, and I think it's just a reminder that it takes all of us who mm. believe to be the church. Mm-hmm. It isn't just the people who work in the church, Amen. Mm-hmm. but it's it's the people, all of us, you and all the others at Good Sam and other Christian churches as well. And if we're all on the same page and doing that, then there are more people coming into the kingdom as well. I wish I would have said that in, in the message a little bit more, this ministry of all believers, because I think that's, that's one of the reasons Jesus established the church. Um, Jesus, pretty smart fella. I mean, God tends to be pretty smart. And, um, well, and he it gets, knew, I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. Well, it gets back to those gifts, talents, and abilities kinds of things because it takes different gifted people all working together on the same team, Team Jesus, mm-hmm. in order to build his kingdom. Team mm-hmm. Jesus, I like that. Yeah, and we do. We, we tend to be able to accomplish more together than we do separately. You can still accomplish things separately and on your own, but when people are working together and there's synergy pulling in the right, man, hospitals get built, um, nations get saved, mm-hmm. all right? Um, lives, thousands of lives can be changed uh, when a lot of really like-minded people that really care about making a difference in the world pull in the same direction. Lynn says, we take away so many lessons from the people that we are serving. Isn't that the truth, Lynn? Yeah. I mean, I I think what hit me was so many times when I'll go to see somebody in the hospital, uh, I usually leave stronger. Amen. They've ministered to me as opposed to me ministering to them. That happened yesterday. I went and saw a girl by the woman by the name of Michelle Toysenio. Tu senor, tu senor. I struggled to pronounce her last name. And she just lost her husband. He was suffering from ALS, but he died much sooner than they thought he was going to. And that family was so, they're so Christian and so steeped in their faith. They were just beautiful to be around. I was there as a pastor to pray for them and to counsel them. And I left feeling much, much better. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. When we go to Africa. We do a little bit for the people we go visit in Africa, but we always leave Africa more blessed mm-hmm. than the blessings we left there. So, Lynn, thank you for that. That's a great comment. And then... I love your last point. Uh, this I love is good. Can I say it? You want to say it? Go ahead. No. Go can ahead. I, no, you I, say I it. I didn't get to you preach say it. it. All right. So here it is. What gives meaning and purpose to your life is not the duration of your life, but the donation of it. Yeah. Love it. Yes. That's really good. So, I mean, we'd like to have as many years as possible, good years. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people that go a long time with little donation. Yeah. And the key is giving, it is. serving, helping, loving, caring, sharing. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of the body of Christ. Let me say that again. Each of us finds our meaning, our purpose, right, our mm-hmm. function 
as a part of the body of Christ. Each person in that body of Christ is given something to do that shows who God is. 1 Corinthians, Paul writes that in chapter 12. Um, when we serve, we show other people a glimpse of who God is in our service, and that is a high calling. Um, and it, sometimes it doesn't affect their lives, or sometimes they just take advantage of it. I get it. Serving's not easy. It's usually a little bit inconvenient. Um, you have to give up things that you probably prefer to be doing to do it, uh, and sometimes it's not appreciated um, or even acknowledged. But you don't do it for them. You do it for you, and you do it for God. Um, and that's why we serve. There you go. Cool. Great message. <laughs> it's one we need to hear. One that's I need right. to hear. I get caught up on my own stuff way too often. So it's a good reminder. Well, we want to thank you for tuning in today for Deeper, our Wednesday version of Good News at Noon, and on our podcast mm -hmm. as well, Good News from Good Sam. And um, this coming Sunday is the last message in this mm -hmm. series, and then we'll be looking at that next and week. You're kind of talking a little, are you talking a little bit about heaven? And well, some, you know, that was the original direction. I want to give it all away. They may not tune in Sunday. Well, but, I, but, I hope so, because I was telling Michelle's family, I think you were talking about going to yeah. be mentioning heaven this weekend. Well, but I think God led me to say, because it's a new future, but I think part of that future is where we are mm. and where we're going. Yeah. So it'll be a little of both. Yeah. You know, and one thing I we forgot to mention in this broadcast, but I think we're going to be talking about it in a couple of weeks, is this idea of the opportunity to go and make a difference at the Lakes Lutheran Church. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I really feel like we. I don't want to back up all that way now um, because we kind of have wrapped things up. But in a couple of weeks here on... Um, deeper, we're going to talk about why it's important for us to go into the Lakes Lutheran and to do this merger in a little preview. It has a lot to do with service yes. and making a difference. Uh, that's really the why of why we're doing it. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in a couple of weeks. Right. Stay tuned for details about when it happens here as well as other places you can get the information to. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank See you. Thank you. Bye. Bye everyone. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day. Amen.